Paul goes from one town to the other. Sometimes they followed him. Sometimes they accepted what he was saying. But each time, a church was established. But one of the things I do think that we can do is we can use these principles so that we can evangelize the people that we come in contact with as one-on-one. -on -one. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bible Classroom. We are going through the book of Acts, and this week we are in Acts chapter 17. This will be a two-part series um, that William Dooley does. Uh, he has uh, been a member of our church since uh, right near the beginning, um, and he really has some passionate things that he wants to talk about with Acts 17, especially related to evangelism and some of the uh, ways that he thinks that Acts uh, 17 can best help us uh, evangelize people better in our community. So um, this is a great episode if you're really passionate about evangelism and you really want to dive in more deep on that topic. Um, this is the place to start. As always, you can check out more content like this at wayfarercc.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. With your throne of grace with bowed heads and humbled hearts. Thanking you for this group of people who have come here tonight. Father, asking you to use me. And that as I speak, Father, that you would be in control of this situation. You are an awesome God. A God of love and mercy, grace and peace and joy and patience, Father. And we just give you the honor and the glory for everything that takes place here. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> for those of you that don't know, I uh, spent several years at Sunbelt Christian Youth Ranch. And one of the things about that is what we, we had a 200-acre ranch that we took care of. And one of the things we kept on that ranch was sheep. And one day while I was eating lunch, I looked out the window and I saw a sheep where a sheep wasn't supposed to be. And then I noticed that the electric fence was down and the wind was catching it just a little bit and bringing it off the ground. And every time that it did, it would spark and it caught the grass on fire. So I told the boys, I said, let's go. And we all run out the door and we went out to the pasture and we started stomping on the grass. And of course, our intention was to put out the fire, but every time we stomped, we spread sparks. And every time we stomped and all of us were out there stomping and the fire didn't get smaller, it got bigger. And so I finally said, you know, this isn't working, so go and get a bucket and some towels, and then we smothered out the fire. But my point is, is in the book of Acts, I always think about how uh, Gamil talked to the leaders, and, and he told them, said, concerning these people, watch what you do, because if this be of God, then you won't be able to put it out. It seemed like the leaders... We're always trying to beat the gospel out of Peter or John or Paul or Silas or Timothy. We read over and over and over how they counted it joy to be persecuted for the Lord. 
and yet they were trying to snuff out the gospel by stomping it. And all they did was spread it more. And that's kind of what I, what I get out of chapter 17. We, we talk about where Paul <clears throat> goes from one town to the other. Sometimes they followed him. Sometimes, you know, things would happen. Sometimes they accepted what he was saying. But each time a church was established. A few weeks ago, Miss Ashley talked about in chapter 6, I think, about the Ethiopian eunuch and, and talked about how, uh, talked about evangelism. And I'm going to try to keep on that theme because when I think of the book of Acts, I think about the, the start of the church and the furtherance of the gospel. So starting with verse 1 in the ESV, I'm going to read, it says, Now when they had passed through <coughs> Amphilopolis and Polonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews and Paul went in and as was his custom and on on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scripture explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ and some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of his brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them. And they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed. And when they heard these things, and when they had taken money as a security from Jason, and, they, and the rest, they let them go. You see, Paul goes in, and he goes to the synagogue. One of the things that I, I want to talk about is evangelism. Now, I know that most of us probably aren't going to, to start major churches. And if we do, we're not going to probably do it in 18 months as he did in Corinth. This is something that it seems like he went and he started the church. He stayed a few months and he left some people behind and went on. But one of the things I do think that we can do is we can use these principles so that we can evangelize the people that we come in contact with as one-on-one. -on -one. Bloom where we're planted, so to speak. And so one of the things that I would say that Paul did was he, he, he first started uh, at the synagogue with the Jews. Uh, a lot of us maybe would have started, we would start to get our knowledge, to get our mission, to get our, maybe to go to the church. And, and, but we need to go where the people are. 
That that would be my first principle: is go go where the people are. But also, he he preached straight the gospel. He said, "These things I've told you, I want you to know that Jesus is the Christ." They didn't like what they were teaching. You know, one of the things is, you and I don't have a major issue with King. We don't think about saying that there's more than one king because we don't live under a king physically. We have one king. In our mind, there's only one king. We may have a President Biden or an ex-President uh, <clears throat> Trump or we may have leaders and rulers, but, but we, we, in our minds, lots of us only have one king. But that was really not the case in that day. And if you thought you were, quote, the king, and somebody was teaching that there was another king, you, you can see how that this would be uh, kind of causing uproar. When you think about the book of Acts, how do you describe it? What do you think it is? Why do you think it's in the scripture? See, I already know that Noah spent about two hours telling us all these things, and there's no sense really going into that, but, but that it, basically, in a nutshell, it was the beginning of the church and the furtherance of the gospel. And so what then are our responsibilities as Christians? I would say our responsibility as Christians is, of course, we're to be members of the church, and we're to help further the gospel. A lot of people will tell you, well, I don't, I have trouble talking about Jesus. I have trouble furthering the gospel. I have trouble evangelizing. It must be an issue because the college here teaches a lot of courses on it. It's something that a lot of churches preach. And if we preach that we need to be, need to be evangelizing the lost, Many people will shake their head yes and then on the way out the door say, Preacher, you do a good job. Whatever you need, we'll supply you with it so that you can do the job that you think needs to be done. So, he, so they go to Jason's house and they go to jerk him out. They're going to hold somebody accountable. And so it, it says that when, when they did that, then that <clears throat> they sent Paul and Silas to Berea. They made them leave in the middle of the night. But one of the things that while they made him leave, he left behind a thriving church. You know, Miss Ashley talked about that. She says, you know, it's just our job just to plant the seeds. It's, it's not, we don't have to, we, we shouldn't worry about what their response is. All we have to do is just tell them. It's, it's just our job just to, just to tell the news, just to answer their questions, just to be there for them when they need, when they have some, because we definitely have a message that the world needs. Why were Paul, Peter, James, John, why were they so willing to put themselves through the persecution that they went through like it was second nature. You say, well, I, I have a job. Well, so did Paul. You see, it's something that he did as he went, everywhere he went. It was something that, that needed, it was who he was and needs to be, and I hope it is who we are. 
that we further the gospel. <clears throat> it said that they took the money and the reason that they they, they went ahead and charged him and, and charged Jason and he had to post bond and basically so that he would be responsible and, and he took responsibility to get uh, Paul out of there. And it says now while waiting, <clears throat> while Paul was waiting for them, I skipped a whole bunch. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, When they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. And now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. And they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scripture daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, and with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men, but when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was being proclaimed by Paul at Berea, also they came there too, igniting and stirring up the crowds. And then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea. But Silas and Timothy remained there. And those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. Now, there is a little bit of a debate of just exactly where Paul went. I don't exactly have a map, but the idea is that if he went to the sea, going to Athens, it may, it may have been the, that if he went over land that he may have said that to send people in the wrong direction. But what, they, what I believe is that he went to the sea and then took a boat to Athens, which would have took about three days where the walk would have been about 12. Now one of the reasons that I sort of think that is we know that in chapter 16, that right at the end, before Paul and them were run out of, oh, I forgot the, I forgot the city. But when they were out, they were beaten with rods. <clears throat> and so uh, <clears throat> they were beat with rods. And so we know that when, they, when you were beat with rods, they, they probably weren't in the, the best of hell for, for walking very long distances. And if they walked about 30, 30 miles a day, then they would have walked, you know, a pretty good little ways. And so uh, that's where they get their average of what it took, would have took them 12 days to walk from uh, Thessalonica to Athens. But they think maybe he went to the sea and then took a boat to Athens. And then he said, you know, before they left, he said, send... Uh, <clears throat> send Timothy and Silas back to me. And it says that as he waited, he was waiting for them in Athens. And I guess because he had been run out of Thessalonica and he'd been run out of Berea, that we figured that Paul probably looked for a place to lay low for a little bit. Since he was by himself, he probably didn't want to be... Uh, well, if you know Paul, you know that that's not what he did. He said, now while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. He was so, he, so he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace 
every day with those who happen to be there. Some of the a Procurian and Stoic philosopher, philosopher, uh, you know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> also conversed with him. And some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign div divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and they brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting, for you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling and hearing something new. Now, I don't know exactly, but, but I was looking for an example of, 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 of what this could be. And what popped into my mind was, I don't know, years ago, we used to have the old courthouses. And there used to be benches out around them. And, and the old men used to sit around and whittle and, and talk and fix all the problems of everything that was going on. You get the idea that that's, they, were, they just spent their time just talking about the different philosophers that they had been taught under. And, and, and so those were the people that went and brought Paul to them and said, tell us what it is that you're teaching. So one of the principles is go where the people are and don't be afraid to preach the gospel. You know, somebody used to ask me, what would have asked me what the gospel was. I said, well, if the gospel is that, you know, that uh, man fell from grace and so God wanted to redeem man, so he sent his son. His son came from heaven and, and, and came as a man and he, and he was tempted as we are. He went to the cross. He, he, he was put into ground. He was resurrected. And one day he's coming back for his church. And that's the good news and that's the gospel. And then I read, I read Book of Romans and I realize what well, the gospel can be simplified really into one simple sentence and that is Jesus is king. Jesus is king. And what is Paul getting in trouble for time after time is saying that there is another king. So he wasn't afraid to speak the message. And he spoke his gospel. He furthered the gospel. He spoke his message wherever he was. He went to where the crowds were. And if they came to him, it says, you know, in Thessalonica, he stayed three weeks. And then he ended up out with the Gentiles and the Greeks. And that there were, and we know from reading uh, 1 Thessalonians that the church had, was, was mainly uh, full of uh, Greeks, full of Gentiles. And so we realize that you know, Paul preached the gospel wherever he was to whoever would listen because it said that he was stirred because of their worship of idols. He looked down and saw the idols everywhere in that city. And he was touched in his heart for those souls.